0: Of course, if you're visiting with us today, we're preparing for VBS. This is not our typical decorations at the church, and I thought I'd better clarify that. And uh, it does look great, and and we're excited about uh, the upcoming uh, Vacation Bible School. Uh, We are in our our Legacy series, and and we have um, one more week after this week. Next week will be the, the end of this series. And so I hope you're enjoying as we're talking about leaving a legacy. And uh, the 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 primary scripture that we've used throughout this is Proverbs 13:22. The the good leave an inheritance to their children's children. And uh, that, that has been the guiding force, that, that we all want to leave something behind, something that's better. We'll we, we, we leave the world a better place. We want to leave our families uh, better. We want to leave our community better. And, and so that's been the principle, the Scripture, that have, has kind of guided us as we've went through this series. Uh, th- this is more than leaving money behind. Uh, we, we all, if you'd like somebody to leave you a big inheritance of money, raise your hand. Uh, but it's more than money. And, and, and I realize in my life, and, and you, you realize in your life, there's more important things that have been left to you than financial things. Money. Uh, you know, I I don't think anybody. I, I'm trying to think of my life, Frank. I can't think of one time in my life a lawyer has called me and said, hey, we have an inheritance for you. And probably that will never happen, but there's more to life than money. And, and so we, we believe that this scripture is talking about the, the effect that good people, and good people have a lasting impact on the kingdom of God. It's, it's not just leaving money. It's not just accumulating wealth. But, but, but somehow good people have this effect on the kingdom far beyond their generation, far beyond their lifespan. And, and, and all of us, if we were to think back, there's people in our life, uh, some that we've never even met, that are long gone, but they've made this huge impact on us spiritually. I see Terry back here. I think about Evelyn, the impact. She, she's gone, but her impact is not gone. I, I see Terry, Sharon, she's gone, but, but her impact is not gone. And so all of us have these people in our life, grandparents, parents, parents, Pastors, Sunday school teachers, friends, neighbors, aunts, uncles that have made a huge impact on us, and that impact continues and, and, and the truth is that, that this won't we won't leave a legacy just by wishing it it's, it's not just something that, that that will have happen just just by osmosis, just by by holding our face in the right way, but our choices matter, and the choices I make today will affect my legacy, what, what I leave behind. The choices you make today will affect the legacy that you leave in the future, and so choices have uh, are very important. and And one of the choices that we make is the groups we choose to belong to. That that will affect uh, my legacy and your legacy. Now. There is inherent in every person a need to belong. Now, now I, I know there, there's introverted people, and I'm an introverted person uh, to a degree. I, I, everybody laughs when I say that because I stand up. But honestly, I'm an introvert. And but, but our need to belong may be different than an extrovert's. But but everybody has a need to belong, a, a need to have friends, a need to have people that know them, see them, love them, care for them. Everyone has that need. Several years ago, when, when I was still practicing law and I was in Dayton, I, I we had a case. We represented the Fraternal Order Insurance Company. (laughs) And so, you know, a Nazarene kid, I'd never been involved in anything, you know, Moose Lodge or anything like like that growing up. So it was eye-opening because we'd have these cases and I would have to go to all these clubs and interview uh, people for, for, the, for the cases that we'd be involved in. And, and it was just amazing as I saw all these different people, and they expressed this same need, this need to belong, this need to be a part, this need to, to be part of a community. And you saw this uh, wherever you went, and you see that even in, in this place, that we have this inherent need to belong. And God uses, and I think that's a god plays seed, because God moves through community. Uh, god always has moved through community. You, you see this in, in from Abraham to now, that, that God moved through the through people of Abraham, the children of Abraham, God moved through Israel, He moved through families, He moved through communities, and now God moves through His church. God continues to move through the church. And so the question for today, is, as we consider legacy and, and, and what groups we choose to belong to, uh, the, the question is, does church matter? Does, does this local community of faith really matter? Now, I'm going to turn to God's word, okay, and we're going to look and see what God says about community, about church, and, and and I would say God's perspective of church is that it matters, okay? Can we can we start with that perspective that 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 when we think about church and whether it's important or not, and whether you want to reject and say, well, that's outdated, or there's there's other ways to do it, but but can we all agree that when we look at God's word? God places a great, as we read the Bible, God places a great deal of importance on the church, right? You know, Ephesians says, Jesus died for the church. And as a matter of fact, we, we, we get so caught up, and, and, and I believe in individual salvation, don't mishear me. But somehow God is saving us not just as individuals, but He's saving us as people, a people, a community. And and the phrase that I would invite you to consider is that that God's just not saving you, but He's he's inviting you to be a part of a group of people that He's saving, and that is the church. The church is special and unique. And there's something in the church that's beyond just the Moose Lodge organization, or a social club, or even even an ordinary family or friendship. There's something unique and special and dynamic in the church, and God sees the church as this this group of people that he's saving and using. 1 Corinthians 12. And it's long. We're reading 15 verses. This is more than I typically read uh, on a a Sunday morning, but I I, I think we need to, to see all of these. Uh, these verses and we could probably read more. I'm reading this out of the message since it's a longer translation. I I wanted to read uh, something that's more easy to digest or easy to hear. And this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth, which was not a perfect church, by the way. Uh, This is kind of a side note, but, but this is Paul writing to a less than perfect church. That gives me hope. You know why? We are a less than perfect church, okay? I'm a less than perfect pastor, and you are less than... I know, you you guys, you're thinking, no, pastor, we are perfect people. You're less than perfect, but we're perfect. No, we're we're a less than perfect church. We're a great church. There's so many attributes of this church that are dynamic. But but Paul is writing to Corinth, which is a church rife with problems and saying the same things he'd say to any church. You can easily see, easily enough see, how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, and cells. If your body has many parts, say amen, right? <laughs> but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to be independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us now is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we have all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about all, all this makes sense you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up to something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye. And, and folks, if you don't see the humor of what Paul's writing, you, you need I know, I know it's Holy Scripture and we're like, oh, but what Paul's writing kind of, is kind of humorous when you think about it. Maybe not. <laughs> I lost my place. If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As I see it, as it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right, right where He wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of of what you are part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each of its its proper size and its proper place. No part is is important on its own. Can you imagine an eye telling a hand, get lost, I don't need you? (laughs) Or a head telling foot, you're fired, your job's been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your body, your own body, you're concerned with it. It makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed or higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, we have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion digestion to full-bodied hair? (laughs) Uh, The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts... Every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into his ex- exuberance. You are Christ's body. Say that with me. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. <laughs> Deep. Deep. You know, Paul Paul's writing in a way that, that, that we should understand. He, and he's talking about the church. He's, he's talking about the church being the body of Christ. This interconnection. And, 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 and truly there is the church universal. There's the universal Christian church. There's the church that's that, that's all over the world right now. And we are the body, but I believe that it is fully expressed here. This local body is an expression of the body of Jesus Christ in our community, and we are uniquely knitted together. As a matter of fact, Paul writes that, you know, what, what the gifts that you have and who you are and your eternal significance in Jesus Christ are only fulfilled as a part of the body, being integrated into the body and so, to a large degree, we complete each other. All right, I want you to look at your neighbor. And I want you to tell your neighbor, you complete me. Tell me, tell, tell me, All right? okay, okay. We complete each other somehow God has knit us together and he's put our gifts together and I, and I don't believe this is an accidental assembly that, that somehow we've just been joined in this place but, but I believe God has purposefully set us together, put us together to express the body of Jesus Christ, that the work, the mission of Jesus Christ in our community and we find our significance and our meaning with each other now I think it's important, though, that, that, that we understand that we live in a culture, we live in a time where, where church has, not, has lost some of its luster to people. Amen? Can we, can, we, can we acknowledge just the reality as, as we sit here today, we can say, oh, the church is great, it's special, it's precious, and, and we love it. But, but can we acknowledge that culturally, uh, that the ideal of church is slightly different than maybe it was 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago? Um, you know, part of it is a postmodern movement. And when I use the phrase postmodern, I'm not using that as a bash because there's many things in the postmodern movement that are beneficial to the, to the cause of Jesus Christ, all right? And, and we can get into that. There, you know, the, the ideal in, in, in a postmodern mind is everything's not scientific, and, and there's things that we don't understand, and we have to take by faith, and we can't work everything out mathematically, <laughs> That is dynamic and, and tremendous for the church. Right? You know, this, this understanding that there's, there's spiritual things and, and things that we don't understand that we can't just figure out in our mathematical reasonable minds is a good thing. You know, church is not a math problem. Amen? And all you people who hate, hate math should be running the aisles and saying praise the Lord. But there is inherent in in the postmodern move this distrust for organizations. And and the most most modern churchy person in this congregation today will experience some of that distrust of organizations. And so there is a move in in our culture to say, well, I really don't need church. Church. How many, has heard, how many have heard that in, in their life? Well, I can be a Christian without the church, right? And so that, that is an, an inherent move in our culture. But, but besides the, the big picture, the, the big cultural things that are going on around us, that there is even individually things that have happened in the lives of people that have made distrust for, of church part of their lives. How many of you, well, don't raise your hand. As I'm talking to you, some of you have been deeply hurt by the church. Amen? Amen. Hurt is somehow deeper in this place. Other than maybe family, hurt is deeper in the church than anywhere else we can experience. So somebody does something at, at the workplace or if your neighbor does something, that hurts. But when something is said or done or you are felt in the church, there is this deep hurt. And some of you out there, it's possible that that there's some of you that have withdrawn from the church, not because your view of church has been diminished, but you've been hurt in such a way that you're having a hard time making yourself vulnerable to other people in the community of faith. I think the other thing you see is, is... I'm going to make a confession. Churches have misused people. Pastors have misused people. I have misused people. You know, we, we are, sometimes we are so intent on getting what we want done done that we lose all feeling. <laughs> That's probably the wrong word. We, we let people serve and do and do as long as they will serve and do and do. And since you folks are good people, the best people, some of you will do until you are about worn out. Say amen. Every time we have a committee or something, we always say, well, let's ask Dave or Becky Eichhorn to be on that committee. They've served in about every area. And, and that's typically how a church, when, when we find people that will be we use them until they're worn to the nub. And so some of you have been just flat out worn out by the church. And, 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 and you're reluctant to commit or do anything else because you know once you volunteer to teach that Sunday school class, you're going to do it till Jesus returns. And you thought it was going to be by the year 2000, and when it didn't come, it was another 17 years. <laughs> Amen. Distrust of organizations, or as uh, Leotard says, the death of the meta narrative that there's not a big um, story that defines us all. Hurt and being just flat worn out has has caused some of us to almost back up from the church. You know, I've experienced this stuff. You understand that, right? <laughs> you understand that even pastors are sometimes hurt in the church? <laughs> you need to pay attention to, you know, this is not a... a, a I'm I'm fine. I'm great. We're happy. Okay. Don't 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 miss hear this. This is, I'm, this is my my uh, call for help. We're okay. But you do need to look at what's going on in the American church right now. Pastors are falling right and left, and they're they're resigning just because they are broken and burned out all over. It's it's an epidemic. There, there's there's probably not a week that goes by that I don't hear of another pastor. There's not been a moral failure. There, there's nothing like that. It's just they come to their church and they say, "I'm done." So people are hurt, pastors are hurt, leaders are hurt. Good people have been hurt in the church, and, and it causes us sometimes to withdraw. You say, "Well, pastor, I'm here." <laughs> You're, you're preaching to the choir. Okay, there's no choir there. You're preaching to the choir. I'm here. Leave me alone. Several years ago, it's been um, 2013, I had a sabbatical. And, you know, it's just, it, it was eight weeks of goofing off. They'd get pastors every once in a while. And so I had eight weeks of goofing off. And, and so, I, you know, I, I got to go to other churches and I've, I've shared this, and it was great going to other churches because I could go and sit, and I wasn't a pastor, and most of the churches didn't even know I was pastor, and nobody ever told me it was too hot or too cold, all right? Nobody told me the music was too loud or too soft. You know, I was just ordinary visitor. As a matter of fact, most of the time, they, like, gave me a free gift for coming. It was great. <laughs> but after a while, it kind of got old. See, it's possible to attend church without being a part of church. Amen? It's possible to be here, but to not really be a part of the body. And honestly, only you know that. I don't know that. You know, I I don't look at people, and as I preach this, I'm not thinking, well, this is for... (laughs) But it's possible to be a part of a church and not really part of the church. Just attend. You know, the, 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 the best messages and I say this I've used this in funerals, if you've ever been to a funeral that I've preached, I say this a lot the best message churches ever preach are in the lives of their people. right? you know, I can stand up here and talk till I'm blue in the face, but the best messages I ever preach are the lives of my people. And and as I look at you folks, there's so many of you who are so deeply committed to this place. Most of you weren't born in this church, okay, right? How many have been in this church since they were a child? Harold? Anybody else? Okay, Dolly? Polly? No? Okay. So most of us haven't been raised just in this church, but, but so many have become a part, and you're so connected. I, I think of Mary Gingray. I, I tell you what, if we had like a thousand Mary Gingrays, this place would be like a, a wild animal place, wouldn't it? <laughs> we, we would be doing so much that we would be on CNN every night. But, but I look at Mary, and I watch what she does, and what I see in the life of Mary Is she is committed to this church? She loves this church, and it just drives her. Talk, talk to Mary. Mary retired, and she wasn't. She was sick, wasn't she? She wasn't doing well, and she didn't know if she'd be able to do anything. And she was just praying, God, just give me one thing to do. And just like God is, He overblessed. He gave her hundreds of things to do, and she's been involved in so many things, and she is just committed to the church. See, that, 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 that's what... I, I'm not calling us all to be Mary's and all you people take a, a breath, right? I'm not calling you to be me. I'm calling you to be your part and to be committed to whatever part that is because somehow in committing to that part, you leave something behind and your significance is found in being part of the church. Our next series, and, I, and I'm sorry... Amy, we, we, we were going to do a series on the, um, on the Beatitudes, but God's kind of moved me from that. We're going to do a series on generations. And, and one of the things that is, is unique that, that, that I, I, I'm really loving about our church right now is God is bringing his people from all walks of life and all generations. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but, but God is bringing his people that, that are in their 60s and 70s uh, in the last year or so, I, um, I see the stoners back there, and, and they become a part. And I think you guys are at least in your fifties, right? <laughs> Almost. Almost, okay. <laughs> God, God is bringing people into our body now that are younger and older. We're, we're, we're not, in, you know, we're not just bringing young families in, but we're bringing families from every generation. And, and as you look around this place, we represent all sorts of generations, right? Amen. Amen. We, we, we have people in our 20s that are beginning, becoming part of our church in 30s, 40s. And, and God is doing something. I, I believe this. God is doing something unique and powerful in our place. You, and, and I believe the church, the, the church is not about, okay, we're only going to reach this demographic. But the church, when it's truly the church, is a place where everyone can find significance and a part and a way to serve. Amen? And that's who we want to be. And so our next series, we're, we're going to, it's, it's called Generations, and, and we're going to explore some of those big truths. We will never... We will never all like the same music. Amen? (laughs) We will never all like the same color or carpet scheme or environment. Folks, if if we're dreaming somehow, we'll come to this place where everybody will just embrace and love everything we do. But there's bigger things at play than color of the walls, than music that we play, than than carpeting, than the pastor's hairstyle or dress code, okay? (laughs) There's more important things than that. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to look at those big things. You know, Jesus is Lord. You know what crosses across generations? Jesus is Lord. And when He's Lord, it changes how I live. And whether you're young and whether you're old, whether you're somewhere in between, the ideal that Jesus is Lord and He is going to change how I live is appealing to anyone where it's truly lived. And so we're going to talk about that. We're to, you know, I think it's just a good jumping off point. Next week we're going to talk about, uh, you know, what, what the church should be and uh, you know, I, I, I was reminded as I was doing this series, there's, there's uh, the ritual uh, that we, pre- we use when someone joins the church. And this is in a church membership uh, sermon, but if you ever want to find out about the benefits of church membership or want to know more about it, see me and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, talk to, to you about it. But in our ritual we say this, the privileges and blessings that we have in association together in the church of Jesus Christ are very sacred and precious. There is in it such hallowed fellowship as cannot otherwise be known. There is such helpfulness with brotherly watch, care, and counsel as can only be found in the church. There is the godly care of pastors with the teaching of the words and the helpful inspiration of social worship, and there is cooperation and service accomplishing that which cannot otherwise be done. (laughs) Do we believe that? You know, it's not just about an official membership but truly being a part do we really believe that that somehow we are better together that we complete each other what would happen if you were to lovingly commit to really be a part now I know when I say that many of you are they're, they're, they, you know, it, they're, they're, I don't want false guilt to be part of this sermon. You're doing all that you can. Praise God. Uh, I am thankful for you, and, and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. This isn't an appeal just simply, oh, we need more VBS workers, although we probably need more VBS workers. But if you're doing your part, praise God. And, and so many of you, I look around this place, and, and i got to tell you, we are blessed in this church for with, to have so many good people church men and women who are doing their part I am so thankful for you you give and you pray and you serve and you encourage me and you encourage others and you teach and you disciple and you you know we, we, we do uptown Friday nights and, and we don't have any problem getting people to come out and, and serve our community on VBS I know sometimes we're reluctant to sign up but when we get here tomorrow night you will be here serving and I'm thankful for you but maybe you're holding back Maybe this whole, you know, do I need need the church to be a Christian? Maybe that's working through your mind. Maybe, maybe you've been hurt. Maybe, maybe you've just been worn out and you've taken a, a sabbatical. And maybe God's just calling you to be involved again. I'm 54 years old. I would venture to guess that uh, when I was less than two or three weeks old, I was in church. It's all I've ever known. The the, the church has been the most other than my family. And and i got to tell you, in in my mind, church and family are almost one and the same. The the, the church and being a part and being loved by people and loving people in the church has been a part of my life from my earliest remembrance. I I don't... There's... you know, I, I'm not perfect. There's times when I've failed God. But even in my failures, even when I was sinning, even when I wasn't living right, I was in church. I love the church. You know, I, I can't think of a better group of people, and, and, and you folks are so awesome to be around. I've been hurt in the church, but I love it nonetheless. Stand with me if you will. We're going to pray, and um, I'm not, I'm not going to, well, our altars are always available. But I'm not going to do a great call today. If, if you want to come, you're always welcome to come. We're going to pause just for a few seconds, and then I'm going to close this in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, um, I believe you wanted me to deliver this message today. I believe this is from you. And Lord, as I stand here, I'm not sure who you're speaking to. You know. Lord, I look at these folks and I see what they're doing and I'm amazed. These are some of the greatest people I've ever been privileged to know. As they serve and they love but Lord, maybe there's one out here that, that's just trying to figure out their part, whether they commit or not. I pray now, Lord, that your spirit will talk and speak and move. Maybe they've been hurt, or maybe they're just tired. Lord, help us all to find those places of service that you have for us. You don't ask us to be the whole body. You ask us to be a part of the body. You don't ask us to do everything. You just ask us to do our part and to do it with a a sense of love and with a commitment. Lord, I I pray that you'll help us to to be involved where you call us to be involved, to not make excuses, to to not somehow um, shorten the arm of God by refusing to do our part. Lord, may we... um, seek your will, and as you give us your will, may we follow it. Now, Lord, we give you thanks for your church that Jesus died for, this place that you give us the privilege to be a part of. May we somehow see, Lord, how we commit to this organization, how we commit to this body affects what we leave behind. And it's a choice we make. It's not just It's not just um, forced upon us, Lord, but but we choose to serve and to give, to encourage and to love. So, Lord, help us to choose wisely, understanding that it will impact our eternal uh, impact on others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless.